Happy Monday morning, everyone. This is uh, Aaron Snyder and Frank Peralta coming at you from uh, the Kafaru cast here at Kafaru International in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. And uh, we had an eventfully uh, weekend of uh, flinging of, arrows. A lot of sending arrows downrange. We were sending it. Hit the gym again, uh, which I'm extremely sore because I haven't been lifting that heavy in a while. And uh, I guess we, we probably both got our butts kicked. Yeah, but um, I'm feeling swole. So, no, just, <laughs> oh Lord, there were some flat we, brim comments. Can we hashtag uh, swole mates? I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, hard no. <laughs> uh, by the way, make sure everybody tunes into Letterkenny on uh, YouTube. It's definitely worth the watch or just a listen. Uh, we did get, that was the first lifting post I had done really, um, uh, which I did it more to be a smart ass than anything. I did get some Mormon comments and flat brim comments. Did you get any legitimate haters? Cameron Haynes comment, uh, keep hammering. No, not really. Um, of course, um, Lander had something to say, but Lander always <laughs> yeah. had something to say, which I like. I feel like if, if you're in the outdoor industry, you got to post something about working out every once in a while just to fit in. I, I know, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's at that point. Um, whether or not you work out, I think is a, you know, as long as you look like you're working out. I guess is the most important. By the way, this is five days with me not chewing Copenhagen or four, four or five. It's been a few. We've yeah. been uh, experimenting with uh, different options. I'm trying to wean myself off. So I went to try Grizzly. Um, I may try the general after that uh, just to try to wean myself down just because I was chewing like a can, can and a half a day of Copenhagen. So we'll see how this pans out. I haven't, I don't think I've been crabby yet, Frank, have I? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, it's been... Are you just saying that? Cause... I'm just saying that because I don't want another black eye. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh Lord. I'm not like that. Well, maybe sometimes. Um, so yeah. Well, so today we kind of, with me hunting, uh, you know, up in Canada quite a bit, um, with different people, you know, especially over the last few years, you, uh, there's certain sayings, um, certain terminology that I think is important. We go over. So that way, you know, if you're talking about maybe sizing an animal, even though you may not know how to score the animal, you at least know the lingo. So you can kind of fake it till you make it, which is what I prefer. Um, and what I mean by that is if someone said, um, oh, I don't know, uh, above the nose and broomed heavy, for example, uh, that's in reference to a sheep. Um, not that I'm like an expert sheep guy or anything, but, uh, you know, you also get uh, maybe like a American say toad. That's a big one. Um, toad, stud, hog, pig. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, like that thing's a toad, that thing's a dinosaur, meaning it's an old animal. Um, I, I we're also going to go over some funnier sayings. Um, I've got a pile of one-liners. If anybody ever tuned into the gritty Bowman, uh, I've got some funny things I've learned over the, you know, course of the last whatever time in the mountains. And, uh, so we're going to go over some of those and explain them. Um, I think one of the ones that I said on on uh, on gritty a little bit that uh, Katie made me stop saying was jerk and dirty. Um, <laughs> and why I, why did she make you stop saying that? I have no idea, but she didn't like it, and I like Katie. Something so. about probably just the jerking, right? Could, could have some negative connotations to that, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, jerk and dirty. I don't know if that was Clay Lancaster or me that said that first, but. Um, I'll give credit to Clay because he's got some good ones. Uh, we had like a 183, 184 desert um, 
on Tiburon. Uh, I think for I think actually I think I had it at 183. Clay had it at 182. Uh, and Ben Rawls, super good guy. Uh, John Pinch was there as well. Ben didn't want to shoot it, and Clay looked at me. He said, "There's probably only five people on the planet." Uh, that would not shoot that ram and uh he or i at that point said i'd be jerking dirty on that thing right now um <laughs> and the uh siri indians that were helping us kept drawing 180 in the ground <laughs> and saying grande is grande and i'm saying scratching it out saying he's not going to shoot it he ain't shooting that shit you're gonna have to keep going because they weren't used to somebody passing up a ram that size I couldn't believe it myself either, but yeah. So jerking dirty just means shooting it, pulling the trigger. What was he holding out for? One ninety. Holy shit! And uh, and Ben, I mean, I tell you, Ben wants the unattainable. I mean, he wants the biggest animal. And uh, I mean, Ben's the kind of guy do anything for you, um, and uh, and does not mind spending money on going on hunts. And so he 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 wanted to shoot a one ninety. He ended up shooting. Uh, ram later in the season or later in that hunt i'm not sure how many days we were into the hunt but and it was still i, th- I, can't, I think it was just over 180 um had some big chips out of uh it was it was just a warrior and he wanted actually a, like a perfect symmetrical um curvature with no dings out of it where this one had a bunch of chips and stuff which i i liked better but everybody's got their own special flavor um but while we're on the with clay lancaster he's got a schlobber knocker uh <laughs> A schlobber knocker is, is like saying that thing's a toad. Um, the other one he says frequently is cockwalloper. Uh, <laughs> that thing is a cockwalloper, yeah. which is That's another, uh, another, you know, whatever term for big animal. Um, yeah, it, it, Clay's also got several other ones. I'm sure that'll pop up. Um, trying not to be funny on all of these. I believe I need to unplug my phone. That up, yeah. Hold on people. We have technical difficulties. Uh, there is a not a do not disturb button on my phone, so I'm just going to go ahead and unplug that. I don't know if uh, if Canadians feel the same way about us, but I just feel like Canadians just have a a ton of hilarious sayings, um, which that's where I got the just giver thing from. Um, this movie, Fubar, Balls to the Wall, just about about a bunch of a couple of idiots that are like. I don't know. You'll have to watch the movie, but they're kind of, I guess they're called bangers. They're just dudes that, uh, rock out to <laughs> like Led Zeppelin and old school rock. And they just, they always say, just give her man, just giving her Yeah, um, full rip and just giving her. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the I, I had never watched, uh, or I, I've always watched South park. I never watched trailer park boys. So I got schooled on that on the drive up to the NWT. And then, uh, even more recently letter Kenny, uh, which I bring up frequently, uh, which is uh, Canadian shows and uh, super, super funny. That one's great for one-liners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I could watch those all day, every day. I got anybody I've talked to, uh, I try to get them addicted to it like, you know, like I have been. Um, yeah, I think at one point during the summer, Amy was about sick of, of us watching Letter Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm sure she gets sick of a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, going along uh, some of the other whatever you want sayings or whatever. Um, when you're, you, you'll, you'll hear, uh, pipes, that thing's got good pipes. Well, that's not talking about the muffler. Um, uh, if you hear somebody say they're, they're talking about basically their circumference on like a mountain goat. Um, meaning that, uh, if it's got good pipes, meaning it's got good mass and it continues through throughout. 
um, you'll hear guys on, you know, scoring different wise with Rams say above the nose and broomed heavy, which means it's broomed off, lamb tips are gone, so it's lost some of its potential length, but it's still full curl coming up above the nose and it's broomed way back, which means it's it's huge. And um, you know, I had I had been on um some different ram hunts down here in the lower 48, but nothing like I, you know, been able to go on with the, the Lancasters where you learn quite a bit. And, and when I was up there, if you get into the sheep click, which is an expensive click to get into, let me tell you, yeah. uh, you'll hear skinny horns, which is like a doll. They don't have the, the, the bases or the mass that a, like a, um, a, a Rocky mountain bighorn would have. Um, and you'll also hear, uh, suede back pot belly. Um, you know, as an animal gets older, once like a sheep is eight and a half, it'll get a suede back. Um, uh, when it's nine and a half, it'll get a pot belly, um, get garnered up hips at 10 and a half. You'll hear a lot of those different terms. Uh, you know, when you're talking about with, let's say mule deer or, or elk, um, you know, with score wise, it's not like you've got the growth rings to be able to tell how old it is. You're going off of body, fi- body size. Sometimes, Obviously, the way that the rack looks um, and then the facial features, um, you know, with the face, you'll get uh, all animals um, get a Roman. Well, not all animals, but, you know, mule deer, elk, um, you know, sheep, mountain goats. They get a Roman nose uh, as they get older. So they get that big bump on their nose. Um, and, you know, you'll if you look at any like uh, there's a photo of a, a nice ram behind me and you can see. If this was on video, see how big that bump is? Yeah, yeah. That's giant Roman nose. That's a 12 and a half year old Fannin right there. Um, Fannin's another thing. In fact, don't ever bring Fannin up around Clay <laughs> Lancaster or Bart. They might smack you. But that is supposedly when um, a stone and a doll breed and or a doll has some of the DNA from a uh, stone sheep. And so... It'll have like black hair in certain places. That right there was supposedly a fanon. Um, so when you kill a fanon, does do you are you able to kind of check them both off your list? Uh, not both, but you can check it for doll or stone. One the, or the other. The last I was told. Now I don't stay up on this. I'm not in the cool kids click. I can't afford that shit. No. <laughs> um, sheep hunting is ridiculously expensive. I heard a podcast from one guy talk about an everyday guy can go on uh, a sheep hunt frequently or whatever. Anyway, maybe, I don't know. If you live in Alaska, like doll sheep, right? Yeah, it's just, you're looking at like, um, you know, in, in the NWT, you're looking at 20, 25 grand for a doll hunt. In Alaska, I think you could probably get one as low as 12, but it's generally more than that. Um, you know, a desert bighorn, um, depending upon if it's on the Baja or uh, a Tiburon or, 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 or a free range, um, you know, it's 65,000 plus, you can probably find them cheaper. If you get one of the, um, high fenced ones, it's like 35 grand, I think. And, and again, I'm not an expert sheep guy. There's plenty of guys way better at this than I am. I've, I've been fortunate enough to go on hunts for the majority of, of all species, but, um, stone 45 grand, um, maybe you could find it for 35,000. And, uh, my thing is, is, I've been, gotten to go on a lot of these hunts, um, you know, helping guys. I've, I've been fortunate enough in the last couple of years to be able to go on some um, hunts myself, not for sheep, but like mountain goat or moose or whatever. Um, it's hard to give up what you know, um, meaning 
I really like hunting elk and mule deer in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, next year, I don't know that I'm going to go on a lot of out of state or I should say out of state out of the lower 48, uh, hunts just cause it, it is, it's fun to go to other places, but man, something about home and, and backpacking in and doing like a, uh, like what we're going to try and do next year, a, a multiple species backpack hunt. It, it's, it's hard to beat no matter, you know, really no matter what, uh, um, you know, you're going after, I think you just, you're home, home, you know, you're always used to what you started with. I think, uh, in some ways hunting high country mule deer can be similar to hunting sheep. I'm sure people would be like, you're an idiot for saying that. But, um, I always see sheep when I'm hunting, hunting mule deer in Colorado. So, uh, maybe it's like a poor man's way of hunting sheep. I don't know. That's why I always like, when I first started bow hunting, I always wanted to like, sheep was like the pinnacle animal to hunt. And then, um, I started hunting high country mule deer. I'm like, dude, this is freaking sweet. And I'm not, I don't ever have to be rich to, to go and do this. So, and, and um, sheep hunting is awesome. It's just expensive. Yeah. Um, I think that the best way for a normal person to go on one of these hunts is to win one at one of the shows because, um, they give away, like at the sheep show, they give away, I want to say like three or four for the less than one club. Um, Santino last year, he won, I think he won a doll sheep hunt in, in Alaska at, at the Western hunt expo. So, for a normal person, I I want to say that's probably your best chance of, of getting to go on a sheep hunt without being, you know, without dropping a, a ton of cash. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. Sorry, I'm getting texts from Rachel is picking up, um, burritos, burritos, food and bagels for everyone. Thanks, Rachel. When you listen to this, shout out to Rachel. <laughs> um, except I don't have service back here in this office. So, uh, so yeah. So back to where we're getting squirrel. We're getting distracted. Uh, some of the other like, you know, one liners you might hear or you'll hear me say sometimes is bounce and dip. And I'll say, you know, you better get an arrow in that thing or it's going to bounce or, hey, he looks like he's about to dip out. Well, that just means he's going to run away. He's getting ready to bounce, run away, dip, dip out. Um, I've got other but I think I got that from another buddy of mine, uh, Dave, that, that I hunted with for a few years that he used to say that all the time. Um so, and then, you know, without getting myself into to too much trouble, um, as far as, again, negative connotations to some of these sayings, um, ground check, um, that can be looked at as, <laughs> as a poaching term, which it is not, that is generally, and I'm one hell of a salesman. If I want somebody to try and shoot something, um, that's something that'll generally come out. Like, I'm not sure what he scores. Let's ground check him. Um, again, could be some negative connotations there, but it just means shoot it so we can see what it scores on the ground. Yeah, and you're probably saying it jokingly. Like, if someone takes that literally, that's just whatever. But Yeah, oh, and I mean, I've heard myself later on on video, some of the things I say. I would laugh at me, too. Some of the shit that comes out of my mouth when I'm trying to get somebody to, you know, shoot an animal. Like, you'll hear me say, you know what? It's going to taste good. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, what is that? With It's a pretty bow? That sure is a pretty bow. Yeah, so if you ever hear a guide say, well, it'll eat good, you, it's probably because you shot the wrong animal or uh, maybe you shot one smaller than he wanted you to, but it'll eat good. May or may not be a good thing. If somebody says to you, hey, that's a pretty bow, that probably means it looks good, but it doesn't shoot for shit. Um, that's, Dave, a, that's a trad bow thing, right? Trad bow thing, yeah. Well, it sure is a pretty bow. Um, what is Dave? What was? Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't say that. I'll get myself in trouble. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, it'll eat good. That's another one you'll hear. Ground tuning. Speaking of Dave, he likes to ground tune his bows. Oh, yeah, ground tuning. That's (laughs) when you throw your bow on the ground. You're so pissed off at it. Like, that's going to help it. That's a ground tune. Yeah, he's kind of known for that. We saw Dave ground tune. I'm not sure if it was a Bob Rebo or a Hawk, but he chunked that thing a solid 35 yards (laughs) in the air, flipping in circles. Um, And... uh, I think he slowed down on the ground tuning a little bit. He may be retired um, or on injured reserve for for ground tuning. Um, I've seen guys ground tune compounds, though, in tournaments. You know, they're ground tuning a $2,500 piece of equipment. Um, you got to be pretty pissed off at your bow to ground tune it. Oh, that that's, that's another good saying that I use is loft. And since this is explicit, I guess that would be an acronym. Um, <laughs> If someone's like, man, I don't know why I'm shoot- not shooting good, or I'm not sure why I missed, or, dude, how'd you hit it in the leg? And I'll, Or I don't know how I hit it in the leg, and I'll come back with, man, it's loft. Loft, it, you know, L-O-F-T, so that's lack of freaking talent. <laughs> loft. So that's another one that I use. That's that's the best one when, when no one's heard that before. I remember the first time you told me that. We were shooting at the range or something. I'm like, dude, I don't know why, but I can't do something. And you're like, loft. I'm like, dude, what is what's loft? And you told me, I'm like, wow, what a dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, well, this has nothing to do with hunting. Um, ILS, which is in the gym for imaginary lat syndrome for the guys that are like cobra out, like like they have lats, but they don't. That's ILS. Uh, I can't really, I probably have ILS now, but at one time I did not. Uh, I have my own lats. They were really big, but I've shrunk. So now I don't. Um, so, other, uh, you know, things that you, you're, especially in Canada, you may or may not, you know, hear, uh, Frank had gone over, you know, full rip and just give her, um, I heard 10 past whenever is that yeah. Canadian piece of piss 10. Pa- I think that is, uh, I'll see a 10 past whenever, man. Yeah. Um, uh, freaking garbage. Yeah. Uh, De- deadly. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm obviously instead of saying the F and I'm trying to be nice here and say freaking, so freaking garbage. Um, and then, uh, oh, here's a new one. Um, so hanging around with the Mormons, right? Like the (laughs) mountain ops guys, Brian and you know, whoever else, uh, instead of saying GD, they say got down, (laughs) which is, which is cool. Right. Because you you don't want to keep the GD in and the JC into a minimum. Um, and so they say got down instead of a son of a bitch, they say sit on a bench or sat on a bench. And I didn't pick it up at first because Jordan kept saying, God damn, sat on a bench. Well, that is a clean way of cussing, right? So that's another one that I've picked up recently. Now, Matt <laughs> Davis just says, oh, cuss. Yeah. But you told me frequently or recently, he dropped a couple F-bombs on your recent hunt. I did hear him drop a couple F-bombs, which just sounded very unnatural. It's like when Robbie Denning cusses. <laughs> It's like if a monkey talks, you just don't know what to say. Yeah, to take a double take. I'm like, damn, well, if if he's cussing, then he must be pissed off. So I'm going to go stand over here for a little bit. Uh, Yeah, you don't don't want him going (laughs) crazy on you. Um, With that much pent up, you know, rage, uh, who knows? That that many years of not cussing, I I would, like, again, when, if you hear Robbie Denning cuss, it literally, it's, it's like that first time on Planet of the Apes, um, what was his name? C- uh, what was Cmos or something? Cmos. When I don't know. Cmos that's a creepy movie. Talks, and you're like Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's like when uh, you know a true, like very devout Mormon drops an f bomb. You just don't know what to do. 
Yeah, no kidding. Mm. Yeah, I haven't been on as many uh, out of out of state. I think this is this is the first year I've hunted out of state for big game, so I haven't really picked up on a whole lot of sayings. I definitely notice a lot of cultural differences when we like when we travel or like when I went to like say for instance when we went to Utah. Well, that was a um, couple years ago. It was the first time I've been to Utah for the Sportsman's Expo, and I noticed a very interesting trend on mullets, flat bills, and skinny uh skinny sweatpants skinny is that a thing yeah well i uh i i guess it is because i saw um (laughs) not chesser what's the guy uh shaytards um good lord he's super funny he's got uh that youtube channel anyway he had uh skinny sweatpants on and uh i just can't uh it's uh, not for me (laughs) I, i can't pull that off um nope and the the people i grew up with would beat my ass if i wore a skinny sweatpants. It, nothing wrong with flat brims. I mean, tons of flat brim guys making fun of me because I wear my hat back. I don't wear it backwards now. Uh, I, when I shave my head, I, I wore my hat backwards with a hat over my eyebrows. It's just, I did that because it helped for sweat piling off my head and kind of all piled up in my eyebrows and my hat line. But nothing. If you want to tuck your ears in, David D. Austin, love <laughs> yeah. the funk on it, man. I, David, you're an awesome... I. I he was super cool to hang out with him. Amazing photographer. Mm-hmm. But he tucked his ears in. But trying to take a step back and be a little more grown up, right? I'm over 40 now. I'm thinking, you know what? He's tucking his ears in. He's probably looking at B saying, look at that redneck and how curved his bill is. Because mine's curved like a burrito, right? Like, mm-hmm. So you, you have to be, you know, kind of accepting. But I don't think the flat brim skinny jean thing i could ever pull off and i don't have a butt so it'd be horrible it'd be like two stovepipes going up to a piece of plywood <laughs> you don't want that shit yeah well living in denver we can probably pull off just about whatever with all the hipsters and liberals and all that shit but yeah i may start wearing flannel soon and put beard oil in yeah i'm not sure <laughs> i i saw last year on facebook that glitter beards were a thing for the holidays people hipsters were throwing glitter in their beards i don't know i don't understand it i don't get it but. Yeah, that's uh, also, again, not for me. Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, so, yeah, the cultural differences, I mean, in, uh, yeah, with, you know, you're always going to have the rednecks in the lower 48, like myself or, or Frank or whoever that were raised more in the sticks, smaller community, hunted. And then you're going to have the metrosexual, um, more of the, what's the, what's the word I'm looking at? Millennials. The more millennial you know, portion that are in Denver, same thing's going to happen if you're in like Edmonton or I guess Calgary, uh, more of the city fied type of, uh, upbringing. And then, you know, you start heading out towards McBride, right. Or whatever. And in, in the middle of nowhere in BC or somewhere in Alberta or whatever. Um, you know, so you're always going to have the different sections, you know, whether it be Canada or the U S but yeah, you know, you, you do like malt vinegar is a standard condiment in Canada on the, the table. You don't get that in the lower 48. They also, mayonnaise uh, on their french fries. Yeah, mayonnaise and ketchup. That was a thing in, in Idaho. They call it fancy sauce or some, something like that. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. Is that from Napoleon call- Dynamite? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. It could be. Um, I, you know, I will say, I don't know how you could call it fancy sauce because it's just mayonnaise. There's nothing fancy about that. Yeah. It's a good um, way to get diabetes. Yeah, no kidding. I yeah, so there is some cultural differences, you know, that you'll see, but definitely the sayings, the piece of piss. Uh, I still haven't quite wrapped my head around that. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Oh yeah, it's uh, 
it's it, it's funny. Um, it was actually, I, and he will never listen to this. I'm sure some of the listeners will probably know him as we grow. But um, uh, Tyson, I think his name was Tyson Muscle, um, big uh, big muscular dude. He had respect tattooed on his neck, which I immediately said, "Does that say reject?" Super cool guy, but he um, uh, guided for for Clay for one year, and he was in camp when I was up there, and, and he had all he said piece of piss constantly. Um, but yeah, as far as, um, uh, uh, you know, other one-liners, I guess, uh, the harder than woodpecker lips. Um, I heard that in the army. Um, I was a uh, 12 Bravo, which is kind of like infantry, except you're supposed to build things. I didn't really ever build anything. It's a combat engineer, uh, or a sapper. Um, you go, I went through basic training in Fort, uh, Leonard Wood, Missouri. And then I went to Fort drum after that. And that was in 94. Five, I guess. And, uh, when I was in processing, I was supposed to go to, I think third platoon alpha company, but somebody from first platoon alpha company walked in one of the squad leaders and said, Sergeant major, I'll take that one. I'll make him harder than woodpecker lips. And immediately I'm like, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? And he was a giant, this guy. So, um, I heard it then and I've used it ever since. Um, uh, harder than a coffin nail, same thing. Um, you know, the some of the other sayings like uh, carbon in the air, there's hope. Um, you know, I've gotten, that definitely has some negative connotations. And I've gotten a shitload of crap from the trad community about that. I'm not saying just fling arrows, but you're never going to, you know, you're not going to kill it if you don't take the shot. And I think some people are too, wait way too long to get a shot that may just may not present itself. And I'm not saying take an unethical shot at all, but what I am saying is if you learn the animal, you learn the anatomy, um, you learn, you know, shooting, let's say straight down on a, a bedded deer, uh, you know, the lungs are like pancakes. So you actually aim farther back than a lot of people, you know, think you're wanting spine. Anyway, I won't go into that in a different podcast, but mm, when there's carbon in the air, there is hope. You you may kill something. Not saying fling arrows and you know get a dial of hope sight and just start winging them. But uh, sometimes you got to send it. Sometimes you got to send it. That's another one. Send it. That's a big one for the uh, long distance community. I thought was kind of strange. I was laughing actually at a point. Cause, uh, Sam Millard, anytime he was behind the scope as a spotter, when everything was ready, he would say send it. And so then that became for me. Yeah, dude, I'm going out tonight with a chick or whatever. Somebody would be telling me that. I'm like, yeah, dude, just send it. <laughs> just send it. So I started using send it constantly. Um, had nothing to do with actually anything we were talking about. I just started saying send it. Um, and uh, I, I won't go into all the different one-liners, but most of them are from construction or the, the, the military where you pick up quite a bit. Now, uh, Frank, you got some pretty good one-liners. You got the, what about the chickpea joke? <laughs> oh, good lord! You don't think? Um, yeah. So, what's the difference between what's the difference? I don't between, know, man. <laughs> we may be crossing. All right. E- email Frank for the chickpea joke. Right. Uh, that one might cry. That's like the nine-volt battery joke. Yeah, that could get us in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the other, <laughs> it's we a were, good one. It is. We were having there was garbanzo beans in the salad Amy made, yeah. and uh, Frank said, "You know what the difference between." A chickpea and a garbanzo bean is and that's that is your question of the day find out the difference and if you don't know frank will tell you in an email because there is a certain line we better not cross here (laughs) um and i that may cross it yeah uh 
uh, I don't, you know, as far as like, um, you know, mule deer, I guess, uh, scoring wise. Yeah. People get wrapped up around crab cloth friends. Yeah. So yeah, the the crab cloths. Um, I have a daughter. She's 16 now. We watched a lot of SpongeBob when I was younger, um, or when she was younger. And, uh, I, um, have changed it now to he's a Krabby Patty or he has Krabby Patty syndrome, which means he's got crab claws. Um, that's one of my own terminologies, I guess that, uh, I, uh, I use myself, but with, with mule deer, um, you know, I think 60, I'm not a mule deer scoring expert, but I think 65% of the score comes off its front. Um, hmm. like you'll hear me say something, uh, He's a mainframe 164, but he's got an extra 12 inches of trash. Um, what that means, because, you know, another thing, nets are for fishing. Uh, <laughs> that means net score doesn't mean anything to most people. I know it's all about gross score. Anybody, everybody wants to know gross. So nets are for fishing and partners are for dancing, which has to do with business. Generally, it's better to not have a partner. As far as mule deer, like if you look at a buck, uh, the one I shot this year in Alberta, mainframe four, uh, no trash, no extras, just a typical four by four, you know, 23, 24 inches wide, just, just a buck last year, the buck I shot, um, he had seven and a half inches of eye guards. He had another, I don't know, five and a half to 10. I can't remember whatever trash coming off of him. He had a 25 and a half inch main beam, just a good buck. So when you're sitting, yeah, again, so you can fake it till you make it. If you're sitting behind, most guys will just say, yeah, that, that deer's about 160. No idea how to describe how they got to that specific number. They've just seen bucks people have shot that have said, uh, this buck was scored 160, and then they mimic that, and they say it's about 160. Um, what you're looking at is, you know, obviously, main beam length is a big one, mass, the next one. Now, if you hear me say, man, he's ga gaining a half inch, uh, each circumference that means that deer if he was a mainframe 160 and i'm saying he's gaining a half inch that means he's got more mass than let's say a standard 160 deer would have um so if he was normally 160 with standard mass but he's got more mass he's gaining a half inch so he's gaining you know a total of let's say four inches um, you get four circumference measurements on either side i guess and so half inch, four inches. Um, you're also, uh, you know, looking at, I mean, Frank, the deer you shot last year, that deer probably didn't score what it, it should have scored. It didn't fork out in the front, but it's just a massive, massive deer. Um, I mean, what did that thing score? I don't think we ever scored it. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't honestly, uh, I know I've seen some people on Instagram say they don't give a shit about score, but then they ask like everybody what something would score. <laughs> mm. And we probably know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah. When he shot his elk, he yeah. doesn't care about score, but he asked me 55 times what yeah. I thought it scored. Yeah. Yeah. But legitimately like, um, I mean, I'll ask you what you think things score, but I don't, honestly, I don't ever like literally, I don't ever score stuff. I, when I took it to the, uh, to the taxidermist to get, um, boiled and, uh, the Euro mount, he said like one sixties. Yeah, and that's uh, looking at it. I figured like one sixty eight probably, but that deer would have been well over one eighty, um, you know, having had what it needed to have. And obviously, that's easy to say. But meaning, the deer's just massive. He doesn't have much for up front, but he's just a cranker of a deer. Um, I mean, I would have shot that thing three times while somebody else was loading an arrow. That thing was just a uh, just a cranker. 
Yeah. Oh, that's and another one. He was cranker. A, yeah, cranker. Yeah, that deer was with actually with a um, a really deep forked four pointer. It might have been. A, I don't. I can't remember if I had eye guards or not. But I had pictures of both of them there together. And I mean, basically, I was going to shoot either one, and and the one I shot just gave me a, a better opportunity. And so I sent it. Just send it. Yeah. The uh, yeah the mule deer thing. Um, you know, I mean, it's for me, mule just high country mule deer hunting is is awesome. But you generally know if that buck's three and a half or four and a half. One, they they go from pretty dumb at three and a half to pretty freaking smart at four and a half. Um, they're, yeah. they're they're not very easy to kill at four and a half plus. Um, and then obviously body wise, totally different bodies on four and a half year old deer compared to three and a half. And then their facial features are completely different as well. Not that I'm uh, mule deer. I mean, if you want to know about scoring mule deer, Robbie Denning, he's got a book on it. Uh, my buddy, David Long, um, another guy, great. The Eastman's, um, they have Kip. tons of, yeah. Kip Fowler, another mule deer hunting stud. Um, those guys are all great. Um, you know, scoring on the hoof, looking at the animal, um, which that's another one you'll hear on the hoof. Um, oh, see, they keep popping up which just things I missed, but, uh, the, uh, the elk is a little bit different. Um, scoring elk don't get they don't have as much one-liners you don't have as much um like whale whale tail yeah whale tails which is you know g5 to main beam um you know eye guards i mean pretty standard um you know the g3s are 20 something inches long whatever but not as much so as you get for sheep with elk uh i uh i don't i'm starting to convert more to mule deer um they're just uh, they're just from better elk. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Just kidding. The only thing I like, one thing I like about hunting mule deer a lot is you can hunt them solo and pack them out in one trip. With an elk, that's not, that's not really the case. So. Uh, not for me. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I, I didn't like it. Um, no. You know, um, a recent actual podcast that I had heard um, was, uh, it was kind of funny because it's a guy we've all um, hunted with and, uh, He's great for making fun of people and them being weak, and he's a mountain man. Um, but uh, uh, Grant and I had to carry his stuff out. Um, and uh, it uh, it was one of those things that was kind of funny for me because, uh, and especially Grant's case, um, you know, Grant had to help this guy a whole, whole bunch on this mule deer. And uh, talking about scoring-wise, it was an insanely great deer. But just looking at this buck, it just wasn't going to score. I think what what people thought it would score because it just didn't have what it took to get the 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 inches up. Looking at the deer, the thing's amazing. I mean, anybody would shoot it, but it can be real confusing. Like, um, well, my deer from last year is a good example. Um, it's got a lot of extras on it. It's a great deer to begin with, but it had, um, you know, an extra what fourteen or twelve inches. Um, of trash and eye guards coming off of it so for for gross score it was up there but uh you know and then like with with uh uh some of the other um how would i put this uh dynamics in the um cultural world in the sense of um you get uh yes lord you when you have a uh like when you go on um, guided hunts or whatever, not that I've been on very many, um, but when you're like, uh, somebody's always going to shoot the smallest ram, somebody's always going to shoot the biggest ram. Oh, we've got peanut butter bars. Um, and so like, uh, you know, out of the gate, everybody wants to shoot 170 inch 
doll, right? Or these different numbers. And man, the one thing I learned is I could not believe what I thought would score uh, on a doll. Like initially I'd look at a Ram before I really learned how to judge them well, because it's not like I can afford on going doll sheep hunts, right? I learned all this from clay. Um, I mean, 158 inch doll sheep is a big doll sheep. Um, is that because they lack the mass? Yeah, they don't, they don't have much mass on them. Um, and you know, in comparison to a big horn, for example, but, uh, man, you get some guys like, I tell you what, I, we shot a, a moose that scored a two twenty eight or two thirty, and we were two inches off, um, judging it. Uh, you know, Clay and I both looked at it, wrote down what we thought it was and, um, you know, obviously this guy wanted to shoot a big one and I think it scored 228 and he wanted 230 or it scored 230, he wanted 232. Boy, you get some Krabby Patties on that shit. Wow. I could not believe, um, he was pissed off about it. He wasn't happy. No, he was not happy. Um, shouldn't he, he probably should have learned how to judge him himself though. Right. I, I don't <laughs> if know that, if that's the case. Money and hunting sometimes uh, okay. get screwed up, uh, or screw things up. But, uh, yeah, you definitely can get some pissed off people when you start dropping lots of cash on guided hunts, which I, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm against guided hunts. I got to go on, you know, for grizzly or black bear or whatever this, this moose hunt, um, that I was just on Alberta. I mean, you have to have a guide. You don't have a choice, but when you start paying, you know, getting pretty high paying clients, you can definitely get some pissed off people for what they, you know, what I guess they have, you have to have realistic, um, uh, I, a real, you, you need to be real uh, a realist on what you're actually going to shoot, and and that's commensurate to the area you're at, the physical ability, where you can go, um, how far you can go, how many stocks you can go on. Talking with like Bart about some of this, um, you know, the the goat hunt we went on, uh, we rode horses in, but he flat out said when we were done, he was laughing. He said, "Tell all your bow hunting bow buddies to stay home." Um, not that he doesn't like bow hunters, but he said he gets them and they're good for one stock. And, uh, and in his terminology, same as like in construction, then they lay up on you. <clears throat> I mean, they just can't go anymore. Um, they just flat out can't, can't keep putting boots to the ground. So anyhow, we've probably talked about this enough. Um, especially we're starting to see too many dang squirrels, but, uh, but yeah, I think that on this specific podcast, um, it would be great uh, to hear some other different sayings that maybe people have or different scoring stuff. I'm sure we forgot some that we wanted to list, but it'd be great to hear some of the other ones that, that different people have, especially back east. Um, we don't really <laughs> get a chance to hunt back east very much for whitetails or whatever. So hearing some of the ones you guys have back there would be great. Yep. Frank, you got Sounds anything? good. Uh, no, just... Fucking give her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it easy.